this final analysis, we talk all things who with the biggest who fan I know, pro fisherman Ross Onecast Wagner. The first concert I went to was, unfortunately or fortunately, the show at the who. In Cincinnati. Yes. On our way home, we're listening to the radio station and they're like, hey, if you were at the who concert, oh wow, please stop and call your parents. Final analysis. I am your host, Arch Madness. Along with me, my partner in crime, my I'm Hall, your oats, right? I'm Lennon McCartney. Which one do you want to be? You tell uh, me. Well, I'll let you pick. Well, I'll let I mean, you draft. I mean, John. Okay, cool. I'm McCartney. That's the way I want to do it anyway. Cool. Producer Greg Hansberry. Nothing against Paul, though. <laughs> no, no, I understand that. I understand that. How you doing, Greg? Good, good. I got a hop devil here. I'm ready to roll. Oh, we are throwing him down, aren't we? Our, you know what? Our guest, and we'll get to him in just a second, he, uh, he brought his own beer. You know, I told him, I was like, look, we do the IPA. He is a straight up, he is a Budweiser man. Nothing and wrong with that. And you're going to find that out as we, as we talk to him here. He's the king of beers. He is, and he is the <laughs> king. He is the king. Uh, we are going to do today's record, uh, The Who's Who Are You album, released uh, August 18th, 1978. Uh, there were two singles, Who Are You, Trick of the Light. Now, I don't want to uh, say we're not going to talk about this album because we are. But the real reason I brought this guy on, uh, number one, he is uh, he's the biggest Who fan I know. And I've known him for d- over 20 years. All right. And he also has a story that I, that I want to get documented with our podcast, also with the station that we're on here in, in Columbus at QFM. It's just something I, th- I think needs to be kind of talked about. And we have somebody in our midst who was at the infamous uh, Who concert in Cincinnati. It's part of rock and roll history. It, it absolutely is. Ladies and gentlemen, pro fisherman, Ross, one cast, Wagner. What is up? Not much, guys. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. And um, as you said, Archie, you know, the Who is a fabric of my life, yeah. I guess. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a child of the 60s. I'm not a product of the 60s. I left that up to my brothers, who, my older brothers. You had older siblings, man. Yeah, yeah. and they kind of uh, told me, uh, I, from example, they told me what not to do and what to do. <laughs> but one thing that came, that, that filtered down to me from them was their music. And one of the bands they loved was The Who, and that turned me on to The Who. And the first concert I went to was unfortunately or fortunately the show at the Who. We, or, that was your first Cincinnati, concert ever in, in Cincinnati. Yes, uh, and you know I was a, a freshman in high school, and we had. I was sitting in a loge, so I, I wasn't with the masses, if you will. We parked in the parking garage. We took the elevator up to the loge area, but one of the things, one of the first things I noticed was that the elevator stopped 
and there was two firemen with a stretcher or a gurney, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, and they're like, are we on the right floor? And the, the elevator guy pushed the button and closed the door and said, no, that's up, you know, got to go over there, there, whatever. And, uh, you know, we go up and we sit in the loge, we get comfortable and we're ready. You know, again, I'm, I'm what, 17, 16 at the time. So I didn't know any better. It's so my first concert. And I'm just thinking that, you know, somebody fell down the stairs or. It's a concert. Somebody could have OD'd or, OD'd or, OD'd or, or something could happen. Yeah, yeah, man. Anything. Come on, bro. It is what it is. So, you know, the, 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 again, the show was getting ready to start. And there was somebody sitting next to me with a, uh, a, a song list of what the songs they were supposed to play. They knew what was coming it, up. They knew the set list, right? Right. right. And, uh, you know, the show wasn't starting on time. And then all of a sudden the fire marshal came out on the stage and said, we won't start this show until everybody takes five steps back. And, you know, everybody kind of went, you know, whatever, was mumbling. And, you could, and you know, a little short time later, he goes, the show won't start until everybody takes steps back. And finally, everybody took steps back and uh, the show started. And the Who came on and they were rocking it. And for my first concert, I was just sitting over the edge, just watching and digging and seeing the guys that I grew up with. Now, this was the first show without Keith Moon. Um, this was the... Um, There's a lot of layers to this, mm-hmm. Greg. So, there really is. So it was, you know, the, it was really the first show the Who did without Keith Moon. And everybody was kind of anxious, I think, on the band side to what's what are we going to sound gonna like it? what's it going to what's going to happen yeah and oh my to god me, to me they just rocked pause right there ross and, and we have uh and ross is in the radio business i i but he is a, a professional fisherman as well and we'll, we'll talk about that at the end of the show and I, I wanted to make sure we document this and and for those of you maybe a little younger uh or maybe just don't know the story but the who concert disaster it occurred on december 3rd 1979 now the who were performing at uh, Riverfront Coliseum is what was the name of the place at the time in Cincinnati. That name has changed. It's where like the Cyclone play. There would have like a minor league. Right, right. I actually saw Met- I saw Metallica there in the uh, in the late actually late eighties I think. Yeah, but anyway, it, what that's not I the point. A stampede of concert goers outside the Coliseum's entry doors resulted in the deaths of eleven people, and this was a general admission show, and this was something. Afterwards, that we find out that that ended up getting banned in a lot of cities, Cincinnati, one of them. So the show starts late. And, and this is before social media, gang. That's another thing. So no one knew. I mean, it's you would have known, Ross. You would have known, had this been something that happened in the last 10 years, you would have known immediately. And, and the show maybe wouldn't have gone out. Who knows how this all would have played would have out? Canceled the damn thing. I, I you think, don't know how this all would have played out. I think there were so many people there and they had seen so much tragedy. The officials had seen so much tragedy that they were afraid of what would have happened if, if they, they would canceled have canceled the show. Okay. Fair enough. Fair so, enough. So, you know, the show goes on. Goes on. And, you know, again, I'm rocking. They complete their show, they go off stage. They come back for their encore. And again, the guys next to me has, a, has set a set, li- list, set yeah. list and they play one song. And I think it was Love Rain on Me. And the lights go up. And 
you know, to the general spectator, it was like, oh, okay, the show's over. It was great. We rocked. Let's get out of here. But to the guy next to me, he's like, you know, they were supposed to do three more songs. And, you know, lights were up. We left. And um, on our way home, we're listening to the radio station. And they're like, hey, if you were at the Who concert. Oh, wow. Please stop and call your parents. And again, this was in the era where no social media, no cell phones. You had to put, you had to find a payphone and pull over and call your parents or call your loved ones and tell them you're okay. Now, let me let me kind of stop you there again, Ross, because from what I understand of what you've told me over the years, you went with your brother, but you also had another brother at that show. I did. And you guys now, you guys called your folks, right? Yes, but. Yes, we did. Neil and I called my folks. <laughs> you were the good and, sons. And we were the good sons. My other brother. Trying who, to get laid. Yeah. Yeah. He okay. had his girl. He, had he, he was with his girlfriend. <laughs> right, and, and, right. and he was kind of the black sheep of the family to begin with. We get home, or we call my mom and dad, and they're like, did you hear from Kent? Did you see Kent? And we're like, yeah, we saw Kent. And then... Um, you know, we get home. Do you know why at this point, why you're calling? I mean, did they, did they explain? They the, said there was okay. a tragedy at the okay. concert. Please call your parents. But right. again, we still didn't know sure. all but the details during, during the show, you know, as news started to get out over the radio and over the newscasts, friends of mine from high school started to call my parents. Have you heard from Ross? Had you heard from Ross? And I remember when we walked in the door, Oh wow! my mom and dad sitting at the kitchen table saying, you know, thank God. Wow. It, man, that that is, uh, it's amazing to me, though, that even then that the word wouldn't have spread around to everybody, you within know, the, within, within the, the, theater, within the group within there, the, within the group there. It's like the arena. Yeah. I, 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 but this happened outside. This happened outside of the arena. Right. Because and, and let's let's kind of explain that, too. Let's let's document that on this on this show right here. And once again. Uh, this vinyl analysis, we have uh, Ross Onecast Wagner. Uh, he is in the radio <laughs> business, but he is a huge, huge fisherman, so I told him I would bill him as a professional fisherman, and he is, and we'll talk about that at the end, but he was at that infamous Who show back in 79 in Cincinnati. So let's get back to the actual story and where it took place and everything. My thing is, this happened before the show. This was a general admission. They heard, and I'm trying Festival to explain. Festival seating. This was festival seating. They heard what they thought was the Who playing. It was a sound check, or it was just a like a a check. And 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 so Raj, you were talking about outside. this Got is it. one of the first uh, tours to have like the video where they were they were playing things over a, a big screen and they were doing stuff like that. People heard it outside and thought that the Who was starting and didn't want to not be in the front row. Right? Is that kind of what happened? That, that's the vibe I got, and I, as I rehearse this in my mind, and everybody can I be should a, have rehearsed it in mine. And well, everybody can be a Monday morning quarterback and say they should have done this, they should have done that. If you remember, you can still see the uh, arena when you drive down seventy one and you go through Cincinnati. Right? You know, it wasn't torn down like the Reds' old stadium, and it wasn't rebuilt like the Bengals' new stadium and the Reds' new stadium. It's still there. It's an agent. You know, it looks like a big bubble. And there's two ways you can get there. You got to cross 71 or wherever those highways, whatever those highways are called. So as the masses of people started to form, you know, they started pushing up and they started pushing up towards the doors. 
Yeah, you know, people say that one door was broken and so only people could get. I think right. it was just a combination of I've heard that. a lot of people trying to get into a venue as quick as they can because the doors finally were unlocked and they were unprepared. Wow. At that point then you had to have the ticket for the mm-hmm. seat and and things changed after this. This was a this was a seminal well, moment in, in in like rock and and going to a concert, man. It, you know, it was 1979. I mean, yes, it's not the 60s, but it's 1979. That's when these big mega tours started to happen. You know, in the early 70s and the mid 70s. And so people weren't you know, as far as security people or promoters they weren't used to this type of thing. right so it was it was a whole new world it man. was in a whole new world and when you got a band like the who doing an album coming off of who's next doing a tour um, doing a tour coming off of who's next um you know people were excited to see him how many times have you seen the who 13 wow cool so and, and so thank you for sharing that story yes yes great do you have que- yeah, you have questions so, for us <laughs> do we know did the band know, like, where did they play anyway? Did they play knowing this? Did they find out after? Do we know any of that? From what all accounts that I've heard, they did not know until 20 minutes after the show. And they were expecting to play the full encore, and they were told to pull the plug after wow. um, the first song. They did one encore. That's why. They did one song of the encore. Right. No, I, I feel you. Wow. And it was a great song. I mean, Roger, you know, you got Roger doing his microphone thing. You got Pete doing his arm swirl. You got Entwistle mm-hmm. sitting in the corner, just plucking away at his base. The ox. The ox. And, I mean, you can make an argument for each one of these guys. And then, you know, not it was the, the first time we, we saw a new drummer with the who. And he rocked it, too. Well, Kenny Jones is a badass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, he's a badass. Right. I mean, no, he's no Keith Moon, but who who the hell is or was or ever will be? Right. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that story, Ross. Now, now, talk to us, Goose. I mean, when did you when did when did your first love for the Who begin? And again, I, you know, I started the show off saying I was a I was born in the '60s. I got three older brothers, mm-hmm. loved music. One that'll call his parents. Yes. And um, <laughs> you know, they one of the albums they used to listen to all, or the one of the bands they used to listen to all the time was the Who. And I, you know, would find myself going back down to the basement putting the headphones on, putting the vinyl on the the turntable, I guess yeah, you call it back yeah, then, yeah. and just singing at the top of my lungs. And my mom coming down after I'm yelling. Turn the, it down, Ross. Turn it down, turn, turn it, it down, down and don't yell those words. Are you talking about who are you? The who the well, fuck who are, are you? you? or, you know. Who the fuck are you? Or, you know, quadrophenia. I mean, yeah, uh, insert uh, swear words, you know, right? You know, whatever. Here's what I want to ask you, Ross. As a Who fan, now growing up for me in the 80s, there was always the Iron Maiden versus Judas Priest. And I always sided on Maiden. I love Priest. And as I get older, I, I love Priest even more and more. But I, growing up, I, I, I sided with Maiden. Now, I had always thought for, you know, in the 70s there, the comparisons were the Who versus Zeppelin. And you and I were kind of talking here before we went on the air. And you're like, yeah, I don't know, Arch. I don't know if it was necessarily that you'd heard that comparison too of of that. But who were you? Who were you duking it out with as a Who fan? As a Who, who was fan, up against you? I think it was the Who versus the Stones. Okay, because you had the Beatles doing their thing, you know, and they were kind of happy go lucky. I mean, yeah, they got in their LSD period, 
but you had the who and i'm not saying they didn't get any periods because they did right you had the stones but they kind of followed in my opinion the beatles path and the kind of beatles approach then you had this band called the who and they just in my opinion said fuck you we want to rock and they did and they had a lot of pete had a lot of stuff in his brain he you know his parents were swing band um musicians yeah he kind of started you know he 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 was afraid to go away from that but he did and he wrote a lot of great songs and he needed a singer to sing them and he found roger and the, to me the rest is history and then you combine john and twistle who who you can make could, the argument. You can play, make the you argument. Could play the bass yeah. that nobody else has ever played. He could be and, in a jazz band. He, and, he and, was, he, yeah, you can make that boom, argument. Boom, boom. And, and he played like a piano, an organ almost. And, and then you, you throw in Keith Moon, and I told you this story, Archie. I mean, Keith came up to Roger during a break of one of their pub tours and said, Hey, I heard you hired a band or a drummer. Well, I'm better than him. And, he gets on stage and jumps behind the drum set during a break and just goes nuts. And they said, okay, you're our drummer. <laughs> and, uh, and, and listen here, when I had the chance last, was it last spring, last spring to talk to Alice Cooper and he talked about the original Hollywood vampires. Right. And it was this group of people and it was, I mean, he was talking about him and John Lennon and, and Mickey Dolan's and go so go season for season one on vinyl analysis. That is on Find season on one of vinyl analysis. That's right. You can't don't forget that you can access all of season one vinyl analysis podcast at qfm96.com. But but he was talking about the the Hollywood vampires and it was a group of guys and they met down at that club in in L A on the strip there, and they would just get totally inebriated together. But the thing was, and you got to remember, you had Harry Nilsson, John Lennon, Alice Cooper. Uh, Mickey Dolan's of the Monkees, and they're all they're all sitting there, and they're waiting for Keith Moon. Right. He said they would wait for Keith Moon. Sometimes he would come in. He, he would always be dressed up, whether it was uh, as Little Bo Peep, whether it was in full Nazi uh, regalia, <laughs> whether it was. He said well, they never the, the knew. The Queen of England. The Queen of England yeah. was another one he used. But he just talked about not only was Keith Moon, and and and. Listen, Zeppelin fans, I get it. I get it with the Bono, Bonham, excuse me. I get it with the Bonzo. And I get it, Rush fans, with Neil. I, I understand. But there was nobody like Keith Moon on the drums and off the stage. He wrote the book on Rockstar. So there's a story about uh, Keith and John Bonham in a hotel room. And they're in the room with Peter Frampton. And this is when Peter Frampton had hair. Okay, wow, that was a long time ago. And long time ago. All of a sudden, somehow Keith Moon comes up with a pair of lawn shears or head shears. <laughs> and he goes, We're gonna cut your hair. <laughs> so Frampton gets scared out of his mind and runs upstairs. And John Bonham runs upstairs with Keith Moon with the hedge trimmers in his hands and takes a fireman's axe and breaks through the door. Jesus, and could you so, imagine? I mean, yeah, and how about when Keith jumped into the, or drove his Rolls Royce yeah, into man. the pool on his birthday? I mean, stories yeah. are He's incredible. A legend, but, legend. But, but, but you take the stories aside. If you see him play the drums. There was nobody like it, that. It was 
incredible. I mean, he lived his life like he played the drums, or he played his drum played the drums like he lived his life. You know, he didn't care, and you know, unfortunately, that's. Well, yeah, the, the, the reasons you love them, a lot of times, the reason you love these guys is the reason for their demise. Right. That, that is some truth. So let's, let's, let's revisit this. So we've got Pete Townsend, one of the greatest composers in rock history. Got Roger Daltrey. You can make the case as far as charismatic frontmen. And I think uh, that might have been a lot of the comparison there with Zeppelin, was with Plant and Daltrey, yeah. the blonde singers there, you know, oozing the sex. It's got to be a better way for me to well, say and if that. You look at, <laughs> and, if you, you and if you look at Roger Daltrey... Oozing sex. With, you know, and not that I ever really looked at this, but, mm-hmm. like, a lot of times when I would watch it with females... Right. Like, if I'd watch videos at my house or, like, during the concert for New York, they were always fascinated by that bulge yeah. between his legs. Let's... And I don't want to digress from his bulge because it was it was quite impressive from what from the pictures I can see. Let's talk about that show. You're talking about a band that was around for the '60s, '70s, '80s, and '90s, but really and and had amazing shows, infamous shows in the, in the in the lore of rock and roll. But that concert for New York immediately following 9/11, that is that. That's the who that's a quintessential moment. If you can have one without Keith Moon, uh, that was I want to say that was the Ox's last performance in front in front of a crowd. It as was. Well. Talk talk about that and what that show meant to you. And quite honestly, it was all about the who. They stole that show. If you can steal a benefit concert, they did. Well, and if, and if you bring me back to that that the statement or the question you asked me earlier, where was this ri- rivalry? Right, yeah, was it, yeah, was yeah. it the Stones and the right. Who? Was it the Beatles and the whatever? You know, I had always, in my mind, always thought it was the Stones and the Who. Gotcha. And so the Stones, and that whole show was very melancholy. Oh, you had, so, yeah. You had Neil Young coming out singing Imagine by uh, John, John Lennon. Lennon. Yep, remember that. And then you had... You know, the Stones. Yeah, and then you had YouTube doing Stan or whatever yeah, that, that was, song this, was. Need to bring them then you had the Stones come out and sing Salt of the Earth. Which was great. Which was great. Which was great, great performance. Which you know? was great. But, you know, again, very melancholy. Yeah. And then you had Roger go to Pete, what are we going to do? What songs of ours fit this? And, and Pete says, you know, we're going to be the who. And they come out and just uh. destroy... The stage. I'm gonna watch it and, when I get and, home. And, you know, you I'm got the, that. And, yeah. you know, and it couldn't have set up better with the gentleman, the New York firefighter. I forget his name. I'm, I'm sorry, sir, but he says, you know, Osama bin Laden, you can kiss my ass. I remember that. And uh, then the Who just goes into their thing uh, and just kicks awesome. ass. I had friends over that had never seen the Who watching that show. Your friends? And they they were younger. Okay, fair enough. And they they said, "This is wow." It was one of the great, yeah, man. It was it was a seminal and, and, moment. And, and, it really and, was. And if you listen to their their contemporaries, what's the guys the the the, the guitarist for the um, YouTube? Oh, for YouTube. Oh, yeah, the Edge. Yeah, not YouTube. 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 We know what you meant. The Edge. The Edge said him and him and Bono. <laughs> him and Bono were sitting over there overseas because they. They filmed in their segment, oh, right, yeah. and they're That's sitting right. there watching it, and they're like, 
what just happened? What do we get? You know, this isn't an Urban Meyer what just happened. This is what the fuck just happened. Yeah, I know. The Who just took this show over. I'll uh, I'll try to put a YouTube video up at QFM 96 with this post. Yeah. There's got to be some cool footage of that Oh, there's got to be some cool footage of that. I mean, that was... um... YouTube, not YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ross, real quick, and I want to talk about your... uh, I want to talk about your 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 fishing career, but there's this thing that uh, Greg and I do, and I want to mention to the listeners, uh, Jipka, if you're out there, thank you once again, Jipka. Number one fan. Number one fan. Number one fan. The Spotify playlist is a nice accompaniment to vinyl analysis episodes. You can search for Archie Vinyl Analysis. I I I was teasing Ross, uh, Ross Wagner. Uh, he is in the radio biz, but he's also a pro fisherman. One cast is his uh, his name in the biz. That's all he needs. I I said, hey, I, I want you to guess what my favorite song. And I'll say this: it's a top, it's a top two or three song for me as far as in the in the Who collection, and it's on this record. What's your favorite song? And I'm gonna tell you mine. What's your favorite song? My favorite song on you, this record. On this record, and you know, there's a lot. Okay. But one of them's a little bit obscure that, you know, you could go with Sister Disco, okay. which would be the, uh, you know, the, the one in my opinion. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. But I would go with Guitar and Pen. That's what, that's Greg's. That's Greg's yeah. off this record. And that's a, Pete. And, and again, you, you go back to music, you got the instruments, and you got the pen. You can't have one without the other. I feel you. And so you combine the two. And you come up with these masterpieces that will live long bef- long after the Who. I know, man. Granted, there's only two of them left, original members. But you know, that's that's a in, if you are a true musical fan, right? That's what. Let me uh, let me tune my guitar here. <laughs> <clears throat> Mother was an incubator. That's my nine oh five oh. My God, and that's an. And I know. If, I'm sorry. I'm standing right and sitting right next to a huge Who fan, but an Ant Whistle song is my favorite song on there. Nine oh five. It's not even close, man. I still love to jam on that song. Love that song, and he sounds amazing. He was a great songwriter too in his own right, and I love Ant Whistle. Well, it bummed it, me out, man. It bummed me out on that tour. They came to Columbus here. That's where we're based out of, and I remember that. And it was like, man, he. He passed away before that tour, and oh, like week before it started. Oh, just crazy. such a bummer, such a bummer. He's the Ox is one of the all-time greats. I think guitar and pen sonically is cool because it sounds like it could come straight off of Tommy. It's it's got a Tommy vibe to it that I like. Well, if you look listen to their their just their music, you know, from where they started to how they wanted to do a rock opera, and they did Quadrophenia. And they did Tommy. Which one do you like better? Quadrophenia. Okay. Dr. Jimmy is one of my favorite songs. Okay. There's, that was going to be my next and, question. And, you know, quite frankly, the other song that's one of my top favorite Who songs is uh, Drowned. Because nice. Because I've seen them perform that live. And just to see them on stage performing that live is incredible. And, and, and you know, you know, nobody, you know, I remember Pete's, when I saw him in Cincinnati, nobody thought uh, Roger could play the guitar. It sucks, but he can play it. And Roger's <laughs> got a you know a guitar, you know, and you know, it, they're just phenomenal guys that 
lived a you know rock and roll life and unfortunately tragically two of them lost their lives too early and you know to he, the lifestyle to the to, lifestyle to the lifestyle you man. know even when i saw him the last time in columbus you know he, no you can't smoke in the venue because of their <laughs> Right, they're, you know, I've never <laughs> been to a concert where they told you not smoke because of their yeah, condition. Yeah, because of their condition. So, well, look, and I want to talk about your fishing career. Thank you so much for sharing all those stories, and I, I wanted to make sure, Ross, that I got those recorded because is that not Greg? Is that just? It's so interesting to hear that someone who, who, who was at that show and, yeah. and really what the mindset was and. It's a slice of history. It really it's, is. It it's is, cool. man. It is. And I, and I appreciate you doing that. Our guest, pro fisherman, Ross Onecast Wagner. <laughs> now, you're a musky guy, right? Is that not, is that your thing? Is that, is that an insult? Is, is there a, a term? What's the term, Ross? Shit. No, I'm, I caught the musky fever. Okay. Uh, and I, musk, the proper name for musky is muscalunge. All okay. right. And it's a, it's a historic fish. Oh, shit. I no, shouldn't, I shouldn't have asked. asked. No, 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 right, no. Right. and they're you primarily find them in the northern part of the states: Minnesota, Wisconsin, northern Michigan, southern Canada. Okay, and the reason I like them, Archie, yeah, is because they have teeth, and they're big, and they're and they're hard to catch. And it kind of reminds me of the hood. To be perfectly honest with you, it comes full circle with these what guys. What the hell you know, just happened? It, it, you know, if if it was easy, I mean. Keith Moon, if he's ever reincarnated, would yep. be a muskie. Okay. John Entwistle, yes. ever reincarnated, it's would a be a muskie. Do you name your muskie? Maybe. Big one, small one, medium one. Do we take a picture? Do we not take a picture? Because it's all catch and release. It's catch and release. Yeah, I got yeah, you, bro. Yeah, so. You can't eat muskie. Well, you could if you wanted to. Oh, but. shit. Who's going to prepare that? What kind of cook can do that? They got teeth. They like got, big well, giant you, teeth. I know most fish have to. Don't, geez, don't sit there and tell me about fish. Let's, let's not talk about teeth and things. <laughs> let's talk about me. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I, love, I want to. I want to, Ross. I want to, Ross. So, yeah, I was uh, years ago when I was like 11. Beer? <laughs> yes, right. yes. I've never heard anyone compare fishing and the who. So, are we going to play it. any who songs while I'm here? Uh, no. No, no, no. We can't. That's what you got to listen to the Spotify playlist. Legally, we're not allowed not to allowed play to. music on this podcast. Right. But if you go to qfm96.com, where our, our website is, yeah, I know we have I a, work there. Well, from the, for the well, list, from the list, can you just play the roles? We've got sometimes? a Spotify playlist, so we, all the songs we talked about, Sister Disco, Guitar and Pin, Nine Hundred Five, all those will be on the list. Yeah, any song we talked about will be on there. Good. Then, and, and then just after we're done, fire five fifteen. He wants right. five fifteen. Done. That's going to do it. Doesn't it seem like time flew by? Ross Wagner, one cast. I could keep going. I know. Going. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Thank you so much, Ross. Thanks for sharing the story. I'm glad we could finally get you on, man. No, I appreciate it, Arch. And, uh, you know, uh, our relationship goes back a long time. A long time, brother. So, uh, long time. I'm glad we were able did, to do this. Didn't I get you into this business? I, you, uh... No, you helped me get back in after I was fired, <laughs> which was probably more important to the family. Yeah, you played a big role in that. And how many times did I tell you what to do and you didn't do it? Oh, I know. I know. Always listen. If you have a Ross in your life, listen to him. Listen to him. That is Pro Fisherman Ross, one cast Wagner. Ross, thank you again, my man. Appreciate it. Love you, brother. Here's to open water.
Here's the... <laughs> yes! For producer Greg Hansberry, I am Arch Madness, and this has been Vinyl Analysis. <laughs> Losing sex.